The bar is open. We've got a twist on it. And I'm Jack. And I'm Daiquiri. Welcome back to the Jack and Daiquiri Show. On today's episode, we are drinking daiquiris. <laughs> You're kidding me. Yes. <laughs> okay, I've never had one of it's these. It's the exacting, I have the exact ingredients to make a daiquiri in my I've house. I've never had one. Okay. So, um, you want to cheers this? Let's cheers. Let's try and get that. To a new format. There we go. There it goes. Salud. Got a nice little click A little clink there. clink there. So, <laughs> In the interest of being like transparent with listeners and things like that, we are um, we are testing out a new format for the show right now. Um, we are going to at least temporarily do away with with segmented uh, topics, and instead we are going to just sort of allow the conversation to go where it is. Now, here's the twist that Jackson Baudelaire mentioned. Um, God damn, we will be drinking during this entire program. Oh, I didn't know you started yet. Actual cocktails um, created by your favorite gay, <laughs> Daiquiri Jones. <laughs> um, if you don't know me as a bartender, and I feel like I do have a bit of a side gig as a bartender. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm, I really enjoy making drinks because my thought process was, well... I don't drink, and people I know drink, so why not be part of the fun, make the cocktails, get everybody, like, fucking toasted, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like I can have a bit of a heavy hand when it comes to cocktails. They can be a little strong at times. Um, Daiquiris are light, so we'll see how it goes. Um, At the end of the show, we'll tell you what we thought of the cocktail, I will be leaning to the left and to the right in about five Very sips. quickly, yeah. D- like down. <laughs> <laughs> and I made mine weaker than yours only because um, I'm like slightly infirmed, <sighs> which we'll get I to later. I have never heard someone use that term. You'll never hear it except for, that except for with me. way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slightly infirmed, so I didn't want to drink too heavily. Um, but it's tradition now. We're starting something new. This is going to be nice after work. Mm-hmm. This is going to be real nice. A little after work cocktail for yeah. the girls. This is going to be nice. So, um, how have you been since the last we saw one another? The last we saw one another. I've been good. Um, last episode I talked a little bit about like family and. Yeah, you really got into it. Yeah. Parent and like children relationships and um, this week, honestly, I kind of just touched base with all my family. So, like, I talked to my mom, talked to my dad about things. Um, I had a siblings call with my siblings on uh, Sunday last week that went, you know, it's it was very, I thought it would go one way. And they all kind of just came in and had a bunch of, like, opinions in my... In about my, you? About me. Oh. Um, which was fine because... Um, they're younger than I am, and honestly, they don't know shit about parenting right. and life and... And what you have to go through. What you... Yeah. So, a lot of it was just like, I do this, and they're like, we don't get why you do this. And I'm like... You don't... You're Of course you don't get yeah. why I do this. It's like, you don't my have life. Spawn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I got on them because, you know, we talked about, you know, like my, my daughter and... Sure. Just other things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it. I think overall it was cool... Um, 
Yeah, it's been good. Work's been good. Um, finally, you know, getting everything together at the new place. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no complaints, man. How about you? I um, have been in the absolute trenches of hell for the past <laughs> several weeks. Um, <laughs> so, um, I believe last we saw one another, I was either just about to start a new school year or had maybe just started a it was new only school week year. one. It's only week one. Yeah, you had just finished. You were almost done. With almost week one. done with week one because I was only last week. Yes, so I was like at that time still kind of getting my bearings. Um, I am teaching a new subject area this year, which um, it has its own challenges because they're actually really paying attention to what I'm doing, um, and they're also going to be taking um, like students' test scores way more seriously, and be they're going to be looking at me like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" So it's a it's added pressure. Also from administration, they're like, you have to we need you to we need you to get your organization under control. And I knew when they told me that last year that it was gonna be a challenge for me. Because if you know me personally, organization is not my thing. It's just not. I know how to function as an adult. I am relatively organized to a degree that is livable for me. But being organized enough to be able to sustain 60 kids rotating in and out of your class is a different, that's a different mode. Like I have. Do they flat out say like you need to work on your organization? Word for word. They didn't say that I was disorganized. Right. But, and, and so let me. I was just about to say, like, not to cut you off. No, no, no. That's one of those things where everyone is organized in a different way. When yes. I worked at the station, mm-hmm. they literally were like, oh, we want we want people that are organized. I'd be like, okay, cool. And I would have everything organized for me. Right. But they'd be like, oh, if that works for you, that's good. But right. then they'd be like, well, you need to change your organization. Wait, what? You're it's, like, which one is it? Exactly. And it's like, yeah. you can't tell someone how to organize something, in my opinion, because everyone does it differently. So what works for you may not work for everybody else. I completely agree with that, except for this job. And here's why. I am literally partly responsible for 60 people's futures right now. I am a chunk of 60 people's futures. They will look back on this part of their lives 20 years from now and be like, either this sucked or this was really cool and I learned something from it, right? Yeah. Also, I see these children for eight hours out of the day, five days a week. Mm -hmm. That is damn near a third of their year is spent just with Mr. Jones, right? Here's the issue. I can be disorganized by myself. I can be. I can even be disorganized with my partner. Yeah. And I can say, well, my organization works for me. But then when you realize my disorganization affects them, it, it leads to them being disorganized, right? Because I'm modeling for them how to be how, organized, yeah. how we organize things. This is the structures in place. These are the, the procedures that we have in place. I didn't have none of that shit in mind last year because my main focus last year was just teaching the lessons. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it was just, this is how you teach a lesson. This is how it's structured. And this is how you manage class behavior. That yeah. was my main two focuses, right? And I got that shit down. But I felt like that shit was way easier for me to learn because that was just new parts of the job. I've been done organized my entire life. Like, it's not just that, oh, my organization skills are, are different than other people's. 
I have shit laying around. The only reason why my apartment is not a complete fucking mess when you come in here is because I have a very sweet partner who cleans up, right? And actively enjoys like doing the little duties around the house. Yeah, see, that's how I am. It's um, so it is a, a bit of a different ball game just in terms of like, I see now, particularly because I have to teach this this like really high intensity um, subject area, ELA. Um, they need the organization. And it's stuff that you don't think about every day because it's just in our brains. Mm -hmm. So like if I tell you, if I tell you that I need you to turn in your homework and it's over there by the little rolly cart by this uh, recording uh, table, for us, we just go and turn the shit in, right? Yeah. Third graders, you have to say, when I say go, you have 15 seconds to stand up, push your chair in, and walk to the turn-in box, turn it in, and come back to your seat and sit down. Yeah. Like, you have to proceduralize everything. Yeah. Because I've watched what happens when you just tell kids, do this and go. It is fucking chaos. Okay. It stresses me out, different things like that. So, I knew this was going to be a challenge for me this year. And um, I figured it would be something that would come to me relatively easily, only because... The job in in and of itself has kind of come to me relatively easily. Like, I had my little struggles last year, but then I figured my shit out pretty quickly. Um, I have already had an emotional breakdown, and we are not even done with week two yet. So I fucking called a coworker of mine two days ago, not even trying to complain about anything. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, we we went to uh, we did our master's program together, and we're both second year teachers. She said, "I don't know what's going on this year, and I don't know how to fix it." And I immediately started crying because I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that it wasn't just me." Yeah, like me and her are both panicked all the fucking time because these are two different districts. No, we work in the same... This is my coworker. Oh, okay, okay. We went to the same school. We got hired. We, we went to school together. Yeah. In master's program. And then we got hired at the same school. Okay. Right? She taught first grade last year. Okay. So now she's teaching fifth, which is a different ball game for her as well. Oh, yeah. It was just a moment where I was like, oh, I no longer feel alone in this because now you're complaining about the exact same things. And then we both started crying on the phone because... What the actual fuck are we doing? I have felt so incredibly, um, I feel like I struggle slightly with like imposter syndrome, which is this thing of like, no matter how good you have a thing you're actually doing, your brain is always like, this is a fluke, man. Like you are faking this shit right now. So as an educator, I'm always like, like if, if anybody says anything positive about me, I'm like, I okay, I don't <laughs> know how. Say, big dog. Listen, <laughs> I was juggling fire today, girly. I don't know how I got through it, but I did. But I've been, I've been working under under the art of w scraping through, making it through it. But I want to stride. Like I, I want to really. There was a moment at the end of last school year where I felt like I hit something, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm in that class teaching my black ass off yeah. like I felt like I had everything under control and then something shifted this year and now I feel like so overwhelmed I like have to get home and 
I have to lesson plan for several hours. I have to really think about, well, what am I going to do tomorrow and how is it going to look? What am I going to tell students? Like all these different things that I'm like, I told one of my mentors this a couple of days ago. I was like, I feel like a first year teacher again. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I always compare everything to sports, but it, it's literally like a sport. I mean, you just, you're coming back from the off season. <laughs> Like that is ass. such a good way to put that. So like you, you're not in the routine that you were at the end of last year. Cause I mean, think of all the months and like time you had to get to that point. Yeah. You've taken a whole summer off. So now you're back in it. It's and only I was smoking weed Monday through <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> and, that, and that doesn't play a role, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to take a minute to get back into the groove. And honestly, with it being the second year, you'll probably hit that point you felt the end of last year earlier yeah but it's gonna take a little bit because you're you're basically just warming up that's and it it has been a lot of first off thank you it's been like a lot of encouragement from different folks like i told my mom about this and she pulled my ear about it and it was like you're way too hard on yourself like my mom was straight up like ain't this just your first your second week and i was like oh yeah (laughs) she was like you're what you are historically way too fucking hard on yourself yeah and then like my mentor uh, one of my mentors was kind of like, you already know what you're struggling with and you already know how to fix it. You just have to fucking do it. Like, mm-hmm. he literally was like, you just have to fucking do it now. Like, stop fucking feeling bad for yourself type thing because I am incredibly hard on myself, generally speaking, when it comes to work, when it comes to music, when it comes to this fucking podcast. Like, anything that I do and I feel like I want to do it well... I am very hard on myself, mm-hmm. you know, at, you know, as a rule. I'm just like, oh, my God, why can't you do this better? Why aren't you doing it? So suffice it to say, past couple of weeks have been kind of fucked for my mental be just because I, I have been trying to figure out what it looks like for me to be an organized teacher. Okay. And it is getting better. Like, I had a moment last night where I found this really nice uh, resource that helps you with lesson planning and things like that. And it lays out the whole shit, objectives, steps. It even explains, oh, this is why we want to do this. And I'm good at looking at what somebody else has done and being like, okay, I can keep these things. I'm going to switch this. I'm going to do this differently. And then really making it my own. Because all last year, I felt like I was just making, not felt like I was literally making up lesson plans on the daily. And I thought that shit was kind of tough. I'm not going to lie. Like, it you, is. Because we would do this show and you'd be like, damn, I ain't coming with nothing for them kids to do tomorrow. And then here comes the day and you're like, oh, yeah, we just did this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this nigga came with that shit in like an hour. Yeah. And like back last school year, that worked real well. But that worked real well last year because they weren't watching what I was doing in terms of the test scores. Yeah. Like, if students fuck up their test scores, they look at the teachers now, which is, that's fair. It makes sense. So they're like, you can't just come in here and just woo-wop whatever the fuck you're going to do. Like, you got to be real, real. And now that I am teaching it, I'm like, oh, shit, I really just can't come in this bitch and just blah blah blah. They kind of gave you, like, a false expectation of what it's going to be like last year kind of gave you that like, yeah. you know, underhand pitch instead of a fastball. They let me now. get my feet wet last year. They're like, yeah. well, let us see. Let's, let's see what Jones does with it. And then we'll give him some feedback and then he'll, he'll They're have to kind of pivot. Now. Right. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Like that's part of the job. I'm, I don't have an issue with people telling me I could be doing better. Is it I'm, constructive or do you think any of it's like, it's all no, constructive. It's all constructive. Okay. I work 
for some good folks. Okay. I'm good. not even going to lie about it. Like, I feel very supported at work. I good. always feel like I have at least five people to go to um, if I'm having any issues. It's literally just a matter of getting my head out of the dirt for a second and, like, really coming into work. So gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's really, really, truly, and honestly been the main shit that I've been doing. Like, I come home every single day and I'm like, I don't go to sleep until I have a, a, a solid lesson plan figured out. And I've written out, well, this is what they're going to do. This is what I need to print out for tomorrow. The, you know, mm-hmm. going to office depot all the fucking time, <laughs> you know, getting like, I had to go to the office, to the, the school office this morning. I was like, you guys have posted notes because I was teaching a lesson about note taking and you like kids don't know how to fucking take notes. Right. So you have to show it to them in like a way that they really understand. So I'm like, I need bright pink ass sticky notes yeah. and bright blue ass sticky notes so that they're like, oh, this is how you do shit. So, like, I'm so excited every time the weekend rolls around because I'm like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I still love my job. Yeah, but you need the them, them two days. Yeah, I need the time off, dog. Yeah, like, Friday can you. never come any you. quicker. So, yeah. But yeah, so we um like I said, we're we're in here. We are um we've we've kind of stripped away this segment of things. Now we're still gonna be talking about it's still Jack and Daiquiri. So like we'll still be talking about different things. I'm just not interested right now in being like, Well, this is the garnish and this like you'll get it. You'll figure out where, where everything should <laughs> should fit itself into. Um I suppose I can throw Joe Biden a bone. Oh, you got to throw him a nice bone. I'll say thank you, but I'll say it in lowercase letters. Um, <laughs> Joe Biden um, announced today, yesterday, yesterday, I believe, yeah. his, um, his student loan forgiveness program. So um, the long and short of it is that he is forgiving student loans for anybody. Uh, I'm sorry. He's forgiving student loans up to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars for anybody who makes one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars or less per year, um, and then there's some other fucking um, there's some other um, like stipulation with the shit. By the way, I typed in Biden's name into the uh, Twitter search bar. Biden comes up first, and then hashtag Biden destroys America is the second one. You yeah, niggas are that's, so mad. See, it's, <laughs> this whole thing makes no sense to me. Like. No one wants anyone to have something that they didn't have. Yeah. And it's, I know it's conservatives that are like, I paid my loans. I just finished paying my loans. Biden's ruined America by giving people breaks. It's like, no motherfucker. Like, why would you not want someone who's going through it now to have it easier? (laughs) Yeah. You niggas are being so bitter. It's like, yo, congratulations on paying your loans, my guy. That's awesome. That's great that you did that. But things fucking change. Mm -hmm. And now people that went to school literally during a pandemic, like you were in school in what, the 80s? Wasn't no fucking pandemic going on. It was epidemics. Come on, Fucking crack. That was it. And you niggas had to pay $4,000 to go to school for eight years. Thank you. Blow it out of your monkey ass, dog. Yeah, like it's different. There's levels to this shit, man. Mm -hmm. And even with this, what is it, Mm $10,000? I still have to pay $20,000 back. Down. For a lot of people, he's only made a a dent. Yeah, it might be 30, actually. 20 to 30, that's still a fucking car. Yeah, like it is, uh, it's one of those things 
where I saw it and I was like, oh, I bet this isn't, isn't going to be shit. And then I opened it and I was like, you know, 10K is not bad, no shade. Like, that's not bad. But it here's the thing about Democrats. Again, I've, I've always said this. Every time a, a Republican does something, I'm like, man, that's so fucked up. <laughs> when a Democrat does something, I'm like, you could have done more, though, no? See, and that's where <laughs> you're not wrong, but you're not right. Mm. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Because that just shows us, I mean, we're we're consumers by nature. So it's like, oh, yeah. you're going to give me 10? Like, why didn't you give me 20? Why I didn't mean, you just do the whole thing? You said you was going to do the whole thing. Well, for me, if I had voted for the nigga <laughs> and he and I voted for him because he said he was going to forgive the whole thing and uh-huh. then you only forgive 10, um, that's not the same as oh, the whole thing. He's still not getting another vote from me. No, he's already, no, he's already, he's lost the, the next election. Like this shit came too late because this happened after he came out and said, we not we not we forgiving not do it. Yeah. no student loans and then niggas got mad yeah so he was like oh fuck well I want you to vote for me again in 2020 that's already kind of out but yeah. it, this is it's it's funny to me because I'm just like oh thanks next <laughs> type thing um now and it's like we'll even see you know it's one of those things too I think it's we'll see if it actually happens too yeah because until niggas are like yo like my Biden forgiveness hit. I'm not believing that shit until yeah. I, my, my fucking credit score better jump. I tried to get into my credit loan, uh, my credit loan, my student loan account today. And they were like, nigga, we don't even know who you are. We don't recognize this shit at all. So I'm like, I don't, I don't. see. And I am, I'm also going to say this. In all truth, I was never paying back those fuck ass student loans. I, I was never going to pay it back. You're never going to pay them? Oh, no. I never had any real intention of paying the fucking student loans back, nigga. <laughs> Here's my thing. You have to. I only have to stay black and die. <laughs> like, I don't have to do shit. Here's the thing. <laughs> what? My parents, when I was in undergrad, yeah, they took out student loans in my name without notifying me or asking me for any permission. Mm. So... I just like was trying to do something one day and I had a notification in my email said that I owed such and such. And I was like, do I owe loans? And my dad was like, well, yeah, we did take out loans. And I was like, <laughs> um, it would have been That's one so of the most nice. like niggas doing nigga shit. Like, yeah, we put your name on it. I'm like, we- <laughs> you took out a loan in my name and didn't even you tell me? they were just paying for your school? Here's the <laughs> thing. <laughs> my parents at that time, if, oh, I wish we had my granny on this show right now because I was at one of my piano recitals. This was my senior oh, year of high school. Yeah. And my granny. That was a privileged statement right there. Right? Not- <laughs> right? Right? Piano recitals. My piano recitals. One of what? my piano recitals. I had two every year for 12 and a half years. Um, my dad, after a piano recital, was talking to my granny. And Granny Jones was like, oh, like, where is Daiquiri going to go to college? And my dad was like, well, we have enough. He said this, and she can corroborate because she was... He was talking to her. I was sitting right there. 
This was news to me and Granny Jones at the time. Right. He said, well, we have enough money so that he can go to school for four years. And then after that, he he's kind of on his own. And I was like, oh. That's not a bad deal. I had a friend like that growing up. He's, his mom was like, I'll get, I'll get you for four years. Mm-hmm. And after, after that, that, you're on your own. I'm like, bro, if my parents would have said that shit, I'd have been fucking Dean's List. Again, very privileged statement, right? Literally, yeah. Like, that doesn't happen, and I do recognize my privilege in that. Um, however, it came with stipulations. Um, main, the main one being that my father lied um, about a lot of that stuff. So, they, um, they quickly started claiming, once I actually got into undergrad, not at... Um, art university but gotcha, when i was gotcha. going to mizzou they quickly started claiming that they didn't have money to send me to college very quickly started claiming they didn't have any money to send me to college and that it was too much of a financial burden for them so i was like okay i ain't gonna lie to mizzou compared to where we went to school no it was like a hundred thousand dollars yeah <laughs> that's a little bit different for like gen ed courses yeah I really do get it, but you shouldn't say shit. Don't say something. That you yeah. don't, that you can't, don't write checks your ass can't cash. So you should have tested them and gotten to like Harvard or something. I got into four really good ass schools, by the way. Mizzou, Vanderbilt, Purdue, oh, and like shit. some other, I'm smart. <laughs> and it's no shade. Like, I'm Vanderbilt's smart hard to get into. It wasn't for me. <laughs> I didn't, I'm like, I don't know what you girls are talking about. I got in just fine, girl. I just wrote a letter. too. Like, so, I got in, and it was like, we don't have no money. And it, it was all then all this good time shit going on <laughs> at the house. And I'm like, you niggas are, I, I feel like somebody has to be lying. <laughs> so, then... After we get out of, I get out of undergrad, then I'm starting to do this master's program, and then I had to take out a loan for myself okay. to get through, like, the first little semester. And then I'm looking, and I'm like, why do I have all this fucking money on my loan shit? They were like, oh, well, you know, yeah, you, we did have to take out some loans. And I was like, damn. In my name? <laughs> Wait, so you did, did you do a full year at Mizzou? I did one semester. One semester, and then you did... Uh, community college. So I went to Swick. Gotcha. Um, and then you came. And then came to uh, our undergrad. Okay. Um, Do we not talk about our undergrad? Anymore? I don't know. I can't, I always I always forget if we Yo, say, we went to SIUE. We went to Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Great. That's out the way. Uh, um, <laughs> eventually, we're going to get to a point where we start I using our government are name. Are you a proud alumni of this? Not at all. Me, see, I don't feel like anyone that goes and there is And it's like, no shade. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh my God, I fucking hated college. Like, we don't got nothing to go back to. There's nothing to feel proud about. Right. You niggas spray paint KKK on that little rock in the middle of the quad. And all every the classrooms. Other week. So, yeah. keep it. You know, I don't give a shit about it. So, I always thought it was cool to, you know, <laughs> you never knew it, but like some of the white kids there, like, I would be the first black person they'd ever talk to. Down. Or like shit like or that. Or had seen in their yeah. lives. I'd be like, yo, that's kind of cool. You never know who it is, but you could always tell they kinda, their like eyebrows kind of go up like, damn, that's yeah. They pay really close attention to the way you're speaking, yeah. how the way you're dressed, that type uh -huh. of stuff. So, I just had a lot of student loans, and I remember confronting my parents about it and being like, so when were you going to tell me that you took out loans in my name? Bold. Because I don't give a fuck, right? So I was legitimately like, I looked my dad in his eyes, and I said, I'm not paying for these loans. 
I was like, I didn't have any say in taking them out. You didn't tell me you took them out, and you didn't ask my permission. Yeah. I looked him in his black ass eyes. I wonder eyes. how parents can do that, though, because I can't go take a loan out and be like, oh, it's for my mom. I was probably 17 when they took out the loan, though. Like, But, my, but still, you can take you, mm. they have all your information, yes, but don't you have to have, like, a signature or something on that shit? I might have signed some shit. My parents... You <laughs> Like, my parents, I, I probably did sign it. They know my dumb ass. They're like, just sign this. It's all right. You know. It's school stuff. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, whatever. It's for room and board. <laughs> dumb ass nigga. So, gotcha, nigga. I was literally <laughs> like, hey, check this out. I'm not paying them loans mm -hmm. at all. I'm like, that loan is none of my business. That's fair. So, he got, they both got real indignant. And I had to remind him, I said, you said that you were going to pay my undergrad. This constitutes an undergrad. I'm not paying it. <laughs> Period. So he was like, you know, all right. I did say that I was going to pay for it. And so I guess I'll take care. The rest of it is on your own. And I'm like, so our original agreement, whore, like, of course. <laughs> so did they keep up with that? They haven't touched it. But guess what? Neither have I. <laughs> See, I just, I know credit, and I've seen so many videos about, credit is a made-up thing. It's not something that is even, it's not even old. No, it's not old, and it's real, but it's it's not really, right? My parents are older than me, I, than, than credit. Yes. 20 years older than credit, both of my parents are. But I also, I have just things in my life, and I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I want to pay my loans off because, A, I don't want to like pass away and those have to go to, to your kids, my kids sure. or whoever I'm married to. Mm -hmm. And I care about my credit score as a black man. I always see things about niggas can never get. I'm right here nothing with you because of their credit. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, man, fuck all that shit. Like all my parents have had bad credit and worked their way back. But I'm like, no, I don't want to be like that. I want to walk into a house that I want to buy, see it, like it. My wife likes it. I'm going to say, here you go. It's mine now. Literally, and not to be like, well, your credit needs to. No, no, it doesn't. I got white man credit right now. <laughs> yeah, you always tell me you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, that's a flex, and I tell people that all the fucking time. Yeah. I refuse to let my shit go below 700. Yeah, refuse. No, and, and it, it is. It, first off, credit credit is important, and like, I'm on the same wavelength. You yeah. know, niggas got kids in the very near plans. Yes. Matter of fact, I'm 25 and a half. I really. In about a year and a half, we finna be welcoming in the first Jones child. <laughs> you and know, by the time that kid needs to be babysat, I gotta. I know a kid that can do it for you. Right, she'll do it cheap. Exactly, because I'm family. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen dollars for the whole night. I honestly think. Okay, so you know, I can be a little radical sometimes in my thoughts and, and opinions. I'm a little cool. I'm a little communistic sometimes. I got I got one one thing in my brain first off is you niggas allocate trillions of dollars yes to missiles to ammunition um yeah. and to weapons of mass destruction that are only ever aimed at brown people's countries and my fatherland quite literally 100% I'm kind of like you niggas will be all right without this funky ass ten thousand dollars. It's, I mean, it's just the, it's greed. It's strictly. It is literally just greed. Greed. That's right. We have more than enough money. We don't 
America doesn't mind going into debt. It's what you're going to be saying, oh, I went into debt because of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't want to go into debt to feed the homeless, to yep. cure world hunger. They don't want to go into debt to, to fix the education system. Um, fucking medicine. Come on, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like shit like Police that. brutality. <laughs> like <laughs> they're like, yeah, we wouldn't we're you know, we're trillions of dollars in debt mm -hmm. on war and on fucking printing more money and and aiding the Ukraine, no shade. Doing a bunch of other shit that doesn't need to get done. And we have people, singular like persons, your favorite Jeff Bezos, that oh, could yes. literally Cure all that shit in a day and have and still have billions. Oh, I just got pissed off again. Still have built one person. He could be like, all right, I'll cover everyone that's ever went to college until this date that graduated. Cover all that shit. Feed the hungry. Instead, of, I want to buy Twitter. Stupid ass nigga. <laughs> like, that's insane. No human. It's greed. No human should make that much money. And I see athletes all the time. Oh, you know, that guy's playing. 10 years, 500 million. Ridiculous. No one alive should have 500 million in their account. There's no reason for it. No. So my first thought is like, you niggas are greedy. I'm not giving you an inch. My other thing, and this is a conspiracy theory, <laughs> but I do believe it. You all right on your drink there? No, I'm good. good. I'm like, I'm doing good. It okay. honestly is not that strong. They're good. Mm-hmm. Good, good flavor. I think the world is going to be over soon. Stop. I'm... I've said this a couple times before. <laughs> I'll continue to say it again. <laughs> if you really look at the shit that's going on, and I don't mean like psh, the world's going to blow up. I mean, it could, considering we could, all it takes is one nuke, and then now we're in thermonuclear warfare. But. You think it would hit the Midwest, though? I don't think it would hit us for a while, but I don't think it would matter. Because mm. if New York gets bombed, and then LA gets bombed, we're and then Florida gets bombed, and then Chicago gets bombed, we're screwed. Even if we don't die upon any kind of initial impacts, we die in 10 years from the radiation sickness. And any kids that we have between now and 10 years from now are born with disabilities related to the radiation sickness. Um, Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah, that's just... And like that's that just like legitimately if I we I there's a YouTube video that like comes up in my brain all the time of like what if we detonated all the nukes in the world? It would literally be a catastrophe. And you could see it from space. It would actually affect people in space in like space shuttles and stuff like that. It it would be bad, right? And because of the way it's tense right now with the Ukraine and with NATO and with the US, it could go either way. You also have climate change. You also have the fact that we are teetering on some sort of like racial civil war situation. Every time a black person gets killed by a cop, it's always like, oh, oh. <laughs> January 6th. That was, we were close. I remember telling my partner, I was like, oh, babe, it's happening right now. Like I thought, oh, the race war just started. That's so crazy. So I do think the world's gonna end. With that in brain, yeah. Why would I pay? <laughs> <laughs> to bring you, it back you to You thought the... we were going on a... Oh, no. <laughs> I know how to boomerang We're back. <laughs> Why in God's name? 
Would I pay student loans back to an empire that I think is going to fall not an empire in the next three years? So now it's Star Wars. It is quite literally (laughs) the United States is a fucking empire, and empires fall. They do. There is no singular empire in history that has ever lasted the extent of time. Rome fell. Um, fucking um, the Aztecs fell. Yeah. All these different... The Ming Dynasty fell. <laughs> the Norse Dynasty fell. We are due. <laughs> <laughs> you niggas can keep with that America the free land up whatever the black fuck corn dog shit y'all be talking about. <laughs> America is on borrowed time. <laughs> and so shit. for me, I'm like, why? What... Because let's say I waited out two years. Uh-huh. Let's pretend that I'm right. And in two years, there is no United States of America. We are, it's a crumbled little nation. We all sort of made smaller little city states and different nations. And people have exited from the country and gone different. Let's say I'm right. Who is Sally Mae in a country that doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> what the fuck is she going to do to me? You don't exist anymore. I don't owe you shit. So for me, it's a waiting game. I'm playing chicken with the U.S. government. (laughs) I'm like, either you niggas fall as an empire or I die. (laughs) (laughs) Either way it goes, you're not getting these fuck-ass student loans from me. And so with with all that shit in mind, (laughs) um, congrats to the girls who are getting their 10K paid off. I'm really happy. You had to have the Pell Grant. I saw something like you had to have had a Pell Grant. I believe I did have. I think everyone does. Mm -hmm. Because I know that's a grant that you don't. You don't really have to do a whole lot for. You don't sign up for anything like that. It's like given to anyone who does financial aid, I'm pretty sure. You just get it. When I was in, I mean, the Pell Grant's nice though. When I was at junior college, Mm -hmm. Pell Grant covered my whole tuition. Oh, wow. So it's a couple thousand dollars. Mm Mm-hmm. But I know when I got to SIUE, the Pell Grant was basically like, your taxes are covered. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and I still had to take out loans. Right. Um, it's But yeah, there were, there were some stipulations on it. Like you had to have this type of thing and not make the 125. But right. I feel like that's most people. And I mean, I will say there are a lot of people right now whose lives like radically just shifted. There are a lot of people who had exactly $10,000 worth of student loan debt or less who their credit just shot through the galaxy. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about being in debt to the U.S. government for student loans for the rest of their entire fucking lives. And, like, I am so happy for them. Yeah, that's awesome. It is so good for them. And none of this conversation is to take away from, from any of that at all because, genuinely speaking, it is some good. Like, I'm not about to sit up here and be like, well... It's not even that good. It could be better, but it's better than we've been getting. 100%. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, congrats to that. Um, something else um, came up at this, around the same time that Biden, like, forgave his little loans. Oh, God. I'm so excited to talk about this because it's going to make me mad. It's going to make me so mad. Um, so, hip-hop is dead now, um, and it was killed by a, by, um, a computer program. <laughs> Um, if you haven't heard, because the story lasted only 72 hours. I was going to say, I thought it was like 48 hours. Um, an AI generated rapper by the name of FN Mika, FN Mecca, 
was signed to Capitol Records. Um, I believe this was Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Tuesday of this week. So, here's the tea. No, it was Monday of this week. He got dropped yesterday. I thought he got dropped Tuesday. Did he get dropped Tuesday? He got dropped within a day of being signed. Yes. That's what I know. Yeah, okay. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, and I did get a text from somebody who was like, I can't wait till you guys talk about this. Um, <laughs> FN Mika is... Um, a computer-generated yeah. um, rapper um, that's generated by an AI program, okay? the AI like Siri type shit. Literally. Yeah. Or, you know, like AI like the shit that was in the Matrix that killed everybody. Um, <laughs> so this is FN Mika. Um, so I'll describe his appearance real briefly, and then we'll get into all the reasons why this is super anti-black. Um like I said, he's computer generated. He looks like a Fortnite character. Um, he has uh, green. He's black, light skinned black guy. Oh, see, I thought he looked like Takashi Six Nine. He does, but they made him black so he can say the N word. Ooh, right. Got it. So he and but he's just light skinned enough too. So it's like paper bag test type thing. Right. Okay. There's like a lot of layers to it. So he. He's like a light-skinned black guy. Uh, he's got green dreadlocks that look like rope. Um, and he's got green eyes that, like, glow in the dark. Um, he's got some weird-ass tattoo over uh, between his eyebrows. He has um, a, an Asian-lettered tattoo underneath his, eye, his eyelid. Um, he's got a nose ring. He's got a gold grill. And he's got um, a robotic left arm. So... I was introduced to this rapper program at the same time that it was announced that he got assigned uh, to Capitol Records. Um, this, this is the Capitol Records that y'all are thinking of, like it's, the one in it's Los Angeles. That like, fucking Capitol Records. At, yeah. Who the fuck has Capitol Records is, is on Capitol Records right now? Um, ooh. ooh, I'm finna figure it out. Capitol Records people. signees. That's uh, one of those. It's it's almost it's probably like everybody. It's people that you know. First off, the Beatles were signed to Capitol. Lil Baby's on that record label right okay. now. Uh, Katy Perry was uh, either was or still is on uh, Capitol. Uh, Halsey, Paul McCartney, Snoop Dogg. Uh, Sam Smith, 50 Cent, uh, Ice Cube. So Capital, isn't it Capital, wait, is Capital Jimmy Iovine? No, that's Interscope. Interscope is Jimmy Iovine. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think Who's about Capital's who, big runs, who runs. Because you said Eminem, so I'm thinking, okay. I know. Did I say Eminem? I said 50 Cent. 50 Cent, so I thought Eminem. But they very well may be on the same record label. At least they were for a they time. They were for a minute. I know the founder was Johnny Mercer, but he's... Buddy De Silva and Glenn uh, Wallace, I suppose that last name is. I'm probably butchering that. Okay. I don't know who the current studio head is over there, but I, I do know that. Because um, I was thinking, little baby. I thought little baby was signed to QC. QC is probably underneath. Under that, underneath okay. Capital. That, That's what I was thinking. It was like that. You know, a lot of the record label girls, like uh, even uh, like Top Dog, they're under somebody else. I'm pretty they're, sure. Yeah. Um. So. FN Mika, um, he is a computer-generated rapper. So he's he's a, like an avatar, basically. Right. Like an avatar sprite. How do these niggas think this motherfucker was going to tour? The same way you could sell tickets off a of Tupac uh, a hologram or a Whitney Houston hologram. It's the same. It's the same exact shit. 
that's that this he is literally the logical conclusion of all of that fuck shit, right? Yeah. Um, I will say these are the things that I just kind of know about him. So Mika or Mecca rather, the AI virtual rapper is the creation of Anthony Martini and Brandon Lay. So Anthony Martini is a white man. Um, of course. The men are co-founders of Factory New, a virtual record label, who were the first to, quote, sign the robot rapper. According to Martini, the rapper's voice is a real human, but everything else is based off AI technology. Martini is also chief music officer and partner at Slipstream. Uh, quote, technically speaking, FN Mika is voiced by a human, Martini told B, uh, MBW. Uh, but everything else about him, from his lyrics to the chords and tempo under underpinning his music, is based on AI. I'm going to explain what this means for all the like tech garbage that we have to wade through there. A computer program sifts through or has been sifting through Hot 100 rap songs for the past little bit of time. Has been combing through what the production sounds like on these songs and what the lyrics sound like on these songs as well. And so a computer program has literally been AI generating rap lyrics and rap production beats. Okay. Got it. They have a, I presume a black person voicing FN Mecca and actually performing the recorded vocals. Got okay. It. Everything else is computer generated. So the music, the lyrics, and the image are computer generated. So I, I looked at, at, at the computer program's TikTok account some days ago. They have videos of the nigga running on a treadmill, and he starts running really fast, and then you can't see his legs anymore, right? Because the whole thing is he's a computer program. He can do things that humans cannot do, okay? So they dropped FN Mika. From Capitol Records, <clears throat> like three minutes after they signed him. Right. Because a lot of activist groups um, and a lot of just regular ass niggas on Twitter and Instagram were like, hey, this is really racist that you're doing this. And um, I, okay, I'm going to just say something strong and then I'm going to support why I say it. This is blackface. This is digital blackface. Oh, see, I looked at it as we don't got to interact with niggas no more. We don't have to. We can profit off we can, of them. We can make them off programs. It is literally the new version of a minstrel show. So I want you to really think about this. A white tech bro augmented, I'm sorry, programmed a computer to create an image of a black person. Yes. Created augmented lyrics that use nigger in the songs in the song i am going to use the hard r because i don't give a fuck right they've got the little robot saying nigger in the songs but it's programmed by a white person i actually am not entirely sure because they haven't delineated the race of the recording artist i assume he's black but you never know. Takashi 69 isn't black and then he was saying nigger all throughout his fucking music career so is cardi b <laughs> right. So we have this issue where we have this white person making a computer program say nigga, right? And then you're profiting 
off of the computer program saying nigga, and you get money as the person who generated the AI program. And we don't know if any of the funds are going to anybody black whatsoever, the fuck ever, right? Because again, the music is also being produced by a computer. It is being auto-generated. So for me, as a nigger, I'm kind of like, this is a like virtual version of someone painting their face black and doing a tap dance show and making money off of it, right? Or like fucking the lady who, uh, Judy Garland, the lady who plays Dorothy in uh, Wizard of Oz, <laughs> she did a couple roles with blackface in them. Mm. And she's literally playing black people in the roles, right? So she's making, she made money off of literal black imagery. It's the yes. same exact shit going on here. And then I think, well, uh, well, I'll, I'll pause my thoughts. And then, so I'll, I'll, what do you think about all this fuck shit? That was my only thought when I saw it. I, every idea is not a good idea. Come on. And I, I literally saw it as, okay, you're about to replace all these black artists that are here, that are on the rise, that will come, because you're just going to make more robots after this one, and That's then you right. don't got to deal with black people no more. You'll be like, oh, yeah, we've got so-and-so. Yeah. Everything's going digital, <clears throat> but there's no need for music to go digital. Like, there's no... I don't want to go to a concert. That's what I was saying. How am I going to go on tour and I'm like, oh, yeah, I rep... Mecca. You know what niggas gonna look at me and say, the motherfucking computer program, nigga? Right. You Steve Jobs looking ass nigga. You like, look so lame. Like stupid. Like, come on now. Like, mm -hmm. no, I wanna go on tour and I wanna see a person performing. I don't wanna see a hologram. The whole right. like Tupac hologram shit, to me, kind of think it's kinda lame. It you know it it, it is. That's it's just, some sucker shit. Just man. Me. That, 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 that was my only thought was like, oh, y'all are about to replace Actual black Niggas. people, like, and that's that was my only problem. I didn't, I thought it would last longer than a day. I was like, oh, they're actually gonna try and do this shit. So, but Twitter's a motherfucker. Fun, fun piece about Mecca is he has a song out right now, no, featuring Gunna. No, Gunna is on the track. Okay, what's his name? F N, like the letter F and the letter N. Mecca is M E. -K -A. Oh my god! His top song is featuring Gun. I don't know what the name of the song is. So he's oh, got his this songs were removed from where they're not on uh, Spotify anymore. Oh, see, I knew they removed a lot of his songs from TikTok. I didn't know they removed them from the streaming platforms. Oh wow! So he's actually been deplatformed. That was funny. Yeah, I don't see. So he had a song with Gunna, right? Uh huh. Let's think about what Gunna's been through for the past little bit of time. Gunna is a real black person doing real rap music, right? Mm. He's rapping about things like selling drugs, you know, guns, you know. Being black in America. That type of a thing, right? Um, Gunna is currently facing federal racketeering charges, and they are trying to cite his lyrics as evidence of these things. And free YSL, man. Free Big Slime out the motherfucking cage. Yeah. That's a those niggas are political prisoners right now. They so should be stupid. freed. It's we, so dumb. We did a topic on this a so, couple like, of when it, when it actually back. happened. Yeah, yeah, this is just stupid. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, 
Gunna is a real black person really facing real consequences right. that are bullshit for things that he may or may not have even done that are being cited through his rap lyrics. FN Mika raps about the exact same shit. Except for Mika, there are no consequences ever whatsoever at all. Why? Because he's a fucking computer program. You cannot put a computer program in federal prison. You cannot bring federal RICO charges to a computer program, which means you can literally profit off of black aesthetics. You can rap about things that real black people go through in their real black ass lives. You can rake in 100% profit off of it. And any backlash is just more listens for your music. You niggas are going to hell. My thing is, who at Capitol Records... Because, I mean, a fucking intern could have told you this was a bad idea. How the fuck did these these two people that made this program rapper Mm -hmm. get far enough in to talk to whoever they did for them to be like, you know what? This is a great idea, guys. Thanks for bringing this to us. What? But, you know... It doesn't surprise me. I'm going to tell you why. Two really strong reasons. Number one, this is going to sound goofy, but I swear I'm being dead ass. Fortnite is a big component of this. Like the game industry of Fortnite. Yeah, everybody thinks gaming is going to be the next big thing. This thing with Fortnite particularly where all the little quote unquote Fortnite dances that the girls do, they're not made by Fortnite. Fortnite game devs, watch TikTok videos of black people dancing. Mm -hmm. They augment their character sprites to do the little dances. They then pay, they didn't, they didn't, they then charge 10 to 15 year olds a buck 95 to have your little Thanos character do the shoot or whatever the fuck it is. And then they don't kick up any money to the black people from whom they stole. Mm -hmm. Right. And they have virtual concerts. The shoot. Right? All of those. You can do those things. And and the kid and the kids are, oh, can we do Fortnite dance? I'm like, no, you can't do a fucking Fortnite dance. These are black people dances. It's just black art, okay? You then with Fortnite have this issue where now you have all these digital rap concerts, right? I believe Travis Scott did a rap did a rap show on Fortnite. Mm. Oh, I love this face that you're having because it, you're like, what? They literally there have been, I believe, five artists. Travis Scott, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, and like two other folks, maybe Baby Keem and somebody else, have all done concerts, maybe Doja Cat, performed on the Fortnite-like server. So you had to play Fortnite, and then at a certain time during the day on whatever the fuck day it is, the game changes, and a massive version of whatever the fuck artist it is performs while you niggas are shooting each other with shotguns and building up the little fortresses. Oh, so niggas wasn't there just listening to music. They were still playing the damn game. Down. You could jump around, have jetpacks. You could still... It it is odd. When I first saw that game, I thought it was sick. I was like, this thing is... Fortnite's fun. Real. Fortnite is real fun. But it has some implications in it, which is why I don't really play it anymore. Because it is really a little bit racist. Like, the game devs are all a little bit fucking racist. And so are the kids who play that shit. (laughs) So, there's issue one. 
Issue two is, I'm just going to go down the list. Riff Raff, Post Malone, Takashi 69 Iggy Azalea, Bad Baby. Okay. Um, look. I really tried to tell you niggas years ago when it was happening. I, I like... <laughs> I... I really tried to say something when it was going on. You niggas said I was talking too much and said that I was being too angry and I need to give the white boy the chance or whatever the black fuck it was. Because... I like that you left Jack, Jack Harlow out. Thank you. I left him out. Thank you. Because his presentation... I left him and Mac Miller out for very, for very specific reasons. Their presentation was not that of, I am actively trying to sell records off of black aesthetics. Riff Raff cut his teeth into <laughs> shark teeth, gilded them in diamonds and silver, had a BET tattoo under his eyelids. That's the Versace Python. And had a pink, and had a pink uh, like dreadlock wig on for three years. The Versace Python. And had Python. you niggas... Tiptoeing in your Jordans. <laughs> and I was the angry black man at the time because, well, I just think that you're just like, this is the logical conclusion of riffraff. Certainly the logical, I feel like it's easier for people to see the, 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 the link between Takashi 69 and FN Mika, FN Mecca. Who the fuck? Toaster can, iPhone 45. I don't give a fuck <laughs> what the nigga's name is. It's easy to see that link because Takashi 69 is A, lighter skinned, B, had the rainbow colored hair, C, was saying nigga in his songs, and, and, and D, wasn't black, right? Yeah. Easier to see that, that, that conclusion. The writing was on the wall with riffraff. This is the logic, because white, non-black people have been telling us for years, we want to make money off of you niggers without paying any kind of respect. And so why aren't wh white rappers bigger then? What do you mean? Like, I'm saying, like... Jack Harlow is top two biggest rappers alive right the fuck now in terms of record sales. Oh. He oh. was everywhere. The only reason he's not being talked about right now is because Beyonce dropped an album, and then Lizzo dropped an album, and then Drake, like... There's bigger artists in him right now, but, like, white tends to bubble to the top pretty well. The only one who didn't really do it that well was Mac. And that's because Mac was really in the studio working with niggers. Like, was really... Oh, see, I think he got... He had a show on MTV. At, at one point in time, he was Mac pop. Miller never had a top five record in his entire life. God bless him. He never had a top oh, five. Yeah. He never had a top ten record in his entire life. He was no, that, that Donald Trump song was top ten. On SoundCloud, nigga, no, mm -mm, we're not gonna do it for real. It Mac Miller is one of my favorite rappers. Of no, all same. Time. I like Mac Miller. I'm just saying he was he, not big time like that. Not until oh, not not circles. Not until that Pink album, The Divine Feminine, did Mac really really start bubbling up. I had always loved Mac. He was popular when I was in high school. Niggas yeah. loved a Mac Miller moment. When I talk about commercial success, though, that's when you breach beyond just what you're talking about with your homeboys and what you see on Twitter and on Instagram. 
Mac Miller was never global. He's not a global phenomenon. You had kids in Singapore yeah. being like, uh, I'm a G A A or whatever the fuck uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Harlow's song was. I got you. I got like, you. Like it, it is just a little bit different. And so the thing I think about so much with me with Mecca is, damn, we had this coming because you niggas don't gatekeep culture well enough. And for me, hip hop is beautiful. Yeah, hip hop is a beautiful art form that was birthed from niggas making the best out of a bad situation. You know what I mean? Niggas living in abject poverty at the height of the crack epidemic, being like, "Oh man, this sucks," and then just trying to have fun through it. And you have this language, this this music, this art form that is a language of struggle, right? Like a language of people who are struggling for shit. And now it has been literally diluted into a zero and a one, and a zero and a one, and a zero and a one, and now rap is binary code. And now rap is a computer program. And now a computer can make rap music. What the fuck has become of this art? Like, what happened? You niggas, and I do mean black people, you left the door wide open. I mean, it's not even gatekeeping. It was like you were, you were doormen at the club, like just sort of kind of patting niggas down and being like, oh, you look good. Come on in. You let any nigga in the house and then they took over the club and kicked you out. And then now all of the bars are automated. That's what that's what this shit is. And it's not, I don't, you know, not that Riff Raff is a bad person or uh, uh, Post Malone is a bad person. I'm not saying I don't know what their songs are. But I'm like, yeah, when we let the white boy have pink dreads and shark, shark <laughs> grills in 2013, it does kind of make sense now that we have a robot rapper with green hair. But um, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the program was deleted. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this thing because he still does have one song on. I mean, they yanked this nigga's songs off of streaming. I just tried to go on Spotify. That's all I was saying. This is really interesting, though, because, like, why? Why do you think they did that? Because it's a fucked up situation. Is it more fucked up than Takashi 6 9 I, they haven't deplatformed any. I can look, still look at all of Six Nine's albums right here, all of yeah. his top songs. One of which is with Nicki Minaj's dumbass. The other of which is with Tory Lanez's dumbass. <laughs> they they haven't made any efforts to fucking deplatform this nigga. And I do think that's that is something in music, and it's gonna have to be done by black people in music. We gotta stop letting everybody people, in. Yeah, and we gotta stop letting everybody say nigga. We got, like, respectfully, like, I'm sorry. Disrespectfully. <laughs> like, we got to stop this shit. Like, there's rappers out there that are white that don't use the N-word. That's cool. But we cannot be letting these, you know, Cardi B's of the world and fucking Takashi. Like, oh, yeah, I'm black, so I, I say nigga all the time. Bitch, no, you're not. Respectfully. Yeah, come on. You're not black. Like, yeah, everything that you do is black. But you yourself are not. But that's because you spend all of your time in black people's business. You know what I mean? Like, 
Right. That's not because you're black. It's because it's because your you you don't value your own culture as a non-black person. So you have to come over to and our that's shit. That's the thing. Like if a white boy in you know a polo t-shirt and colored shorts says nigga, the world ends. Come on. But if a if a Latin person or you know any if if you're brown skin, I'll say that. Sure. You can say nigga. Is that the rule now? That seems. Here's the thing. Because I think they shouldn't be able to say it neither. Cardi B says nigga in every song. And I'm like, no. Only black people should be allowed to say the N-word. Thank you. And for me, it shouldn't even be a question. <laughs> yes. Like, it's all of this like, well, And I'm not trying to get only on Cardi B and Takashi. But those are like the people that we were just talking about. And So that's like, that's what I'm saying. Cardi is interesting to me too because like, I feel like it gets brought up every other month of like... If she is or if she's not. And nobody can seem to give me a solid answer on if she is or if she's not. I know she's Dominican, but most of the Dominicans that I know are black people. Um, yeah, see, but I also have seen her parents. <laughs> and see, that's where we have to, like, where do you, like, draw the line? Because Dominican Republic, yes, it is a, I would say, a black and brown country. Black and brown which yes. means there are both kinds of folk down there. Right. And that's where I think people are like, well, they're, they're Dominican. That That's black. But it's like, is it though? Not necessarily. Because you, if, if you a light enough Dominican, I don't think you're saying you're Dominican. Here's the thing. You can be Dominican and not be black. Just like you can be black and not be Dominican. Boom. Because Dominican... Being Dominican isn't a race, yes. dumbasses. It's a nationality. Yes. It's a fucking nationality and like a little bit of an ethnicity if you really want to get into the shit. You are not black just because you're fucking Dominican. But the other thing is with like Latinos, and I can say this because I am both black and Latino, a lot of the a lot of the black Latinos in like the Dominican Republic and in like Puerto Rico, they don't even want to say that they're fucking black. It's like all this like I know black, I I Dominican. You are a nigger. <laughs> Stop. But see, it's like, I don't know, man. I, it's it's tough because race is made up. And so, like, yeah. it, it has all these weird little fucked up rules. But what I will say is, like, I agree with you in that I kind of feel like it shouldn't be a question of who can say it. Are you or are you not black? Because for me, if I was Asian... If I was Mexican, mm -hmm. if I was white, even, I would be using whatever slurs were applicable to my folk. I thought you might be like, I would still be saying Oh, nigga. no. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> because you know my personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I collect you. racial slurs like infinity stones. <laughs> Like that is not the first time he said that either. He <laughs> he is about that. I love a good racial slur because as soon as you say oh. it to me, it becomes mine. I didn't think I could say nigga for the like. I'm not even joking. Like I remember someone called me a nigga. What do you mean? My parents didn't use that mm -hmm. word. No, me neither. And like I go to school and kids be like, "Come on, nigga," and I'd be like, "Me." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who are you I talking am the to? Nigga. <laughs> and then I remember I moved to New Orleans is when I first started hearing it like normalized. Like we get on the bus, be like, damn nigga, sit down. And I'd be like, 
oh, they're talking to somebody else. They're not talking to me. Like, Everybody uses the word. You know? And then I'll never forget. The first time I was like, oh, shit, I can say the word. Sixth grade, end of year. Word. Signing my yearbook. And everybody's like, oh. <laughs> Bleep. <laughs> Bleep. God damn it. Let me take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do some editing tonight. My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're They'd good. be like, you my nigga. In my yearbook, right? And I remember my mom was like, going through my yearbook and like disgusted. And I'm really like, pissed off. Yeah, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you tripping? Poor so, Miss Poor Miss. So why are you why are they calling you nigga? And I was like, Because I'm a nigga. I was like, I didn't even know people wrote that in my yearbook. I don't know why they'd write that. I but the thing is, I seen that shit and I was nervous. I'm like, fuck, if my mom reads this, she gonna see nigga. Right. But now I call everybody nigga. I call my damn girlfriend nigga. I'd be like, nigga, get over here. I will call my shoes niggas. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck. Because for us, my dogs people, are niggas. It's a nonsense word. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. Um keep in mind I am like by all definitions Afro-Latino. Now I was raised black American, um, but my dad is a literal Panamanian immigrant. I'm Showing Jack a picture of my father with two of my Panamanian theos, my uncles. You tell me if they're not black. Oh, yeah, they're black. <laughs> Them Wait. is niggas. Yeah, yeah. My black. dad is the one in the middle. And then to the left is my tío Aurelio. And then to the right is my tío Mario. Yeah. Um, We were in Panama visiting, visiting those niggas. And it, <laughs> it just felt like... A barbecue. Because it, there are genuinely... But everyone in Panama don't look like that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so is it that if you're from another country, but you look like an African-American... This is where it gets fucked up. This is where it gets fucked up. Because I've also been around people who were... Um, either came over from Africa proper, like the continental Africa. Yes. Or whose parents are... You know, from Trinidad and Tobago yeah. or from Nigeria. And they are literally like, don't call me black. I'm African. And I'm like, fair. come on, dog. <laughs> I get, you know, but I think that's one of those, like, you want to keep your... Your heritage. But they think if African, they call themselves Nigerian, yeah. they're not black. I'm no, like... them African niggas is different. Like, the like from the motherland, Africa, they different. Bro. No, they are. They are very different. And so... All this shit in mind, I'm really just like, I'm, I'm glad the little computer program got blipped. Yeah. Um, and I really do hope that this is a good lesson for, I hate when people say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I, have, I hope it's a good lesson for like the culture at large right now mm -hmm. to like check niggas at the door going forward. Yeah. Make sure niggas is vetted before you just let them in like that. And from now on, any non-black person with rainbow colored locks in their hair <laughs> they are the ops Anytime. do not let them in <laughs> do you know that video of drewski when he's like that's gotta be racist yes anytime i see like a white person with dreadlocks or anytime i see a white person that's come back from cancun that with gets their the hair braided i'm like that's gotta be it makes racist. me want to die <laughs> that's gotta be and they're like what's up bro and i'm like who's bro who are you talking like, to no, you you are a white boy with dreadlocks like, i'm not your fucking bro stop it that's something we that's a topic right there we got to stop these white people 
stealing our hairstyles. I'm tired of seeing you white people with dreadlocks. I'm tired of it. I'm right there with you. I'm so I'm y'all should not go to Cancun and be like, I can braid my hair like Allen Iverson. No, you can't. Everybody white who has cornrows should legally have to go bald. <laughs> <laughs> because niggas don't go to Cancun and be like, I'm gonna braid my hair. I don't I've never <laughs> seen a black person go to Sweden and give come me the back. Justin Bieber 2007 hair. Come haircut. on, like I want to swoosh my shit. I want to I, throw my head to the left. I, this shit. I want the Valhalla 25. <laughs> I want the Mjolnir 37. Come <laughs> on, dog. Like, there's a reason why the shit doesn't work the other way. Right. Everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. Except for FN Mecca. <laughs> and FN Mecca. that is how we bring it all back together. Yep. And FN Mecca got the real black experience because his law, he lost his job two days after being hired. And he God damn. <laughs> Mm. See you in the unemployment line, be toaster your- <laughs> oven. Be young people. Your goddamn <laughs> iPhone, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> All right, so yo, we're having fun, man. I'm I'm feeling great. So, um, we now can actually get to. Um, we do still have, I suppose, two like. Solid topic. Well, maybe just one. Honestly, I, would say I think those were it. Yeah. So the last segment is just called Jack and Daiquiri reviews. Oh, or at the bar. So got you. This is where we get to talk about whatever cocktail we've been drinking for this episode. Again, we have been sipping on uh, daiquiris, a la daiquiri. What'd you think? On a one out of ten, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get this mug a nine. Work. Absolutely. Flavor great. Um, I'm trying to think. Smooth. Can't taste the alcohol you whatsoever. Not at all. I think my boy Dakri used like actual measurements. I feel like he didn't do the ancestors talking to him. He no, like, I boom one cup, one yeah. cup, two <laughs> ounces. Yeah, no, it's good. We just you were already saying you're like we just need to keep them cooler. That's yeah. my that's my only thing. I'm like oh, even with it not being cool, it's good though. Yeah, I, I would um, probably drink it without a straw. Yeah, it it didn't need the straw. Not every, you know, I'm I'm like, uh, not everybody likes to put their mouth on like other people's like glassware and stuff like that. So I was Uh-oh. like, well, let's just do straws. Um, honestly, it just tastes like sugar water to me. Yeah, no, it's good. Like I can't taste the lick of blue. I mean, there's two ounces of white rum in oh, these in the, in this. Like I I poured the shit, <laughs> um, but it's um. Daiquiris are so easy to make, and I was, in a, do, I was in a pinch. We should do next week is we should have like four of these and see how many you get through in a show. Oh my god! Now you've turned it into a tournament. <laughs> and like, ooh, <laughs> listeners, if there's a cocktail you want us to try, let us know when the episode comes out. Yeah, I'll make shit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, with that. <laughs> Uh, the lights are coming up. The bar is closing. We do have to go home. This is a cute little episode. Thanks so much for joining us again on Jack and, on another episode of Jack and Daiquiri Show. Um, this this was a fun little experiment. I think we should do this again. Yeah. Um, we promise that next time we'll, we come back, we'll have more rounds on you. Um, have a good night. Uh, stay away from non-blacks with cornrows. See you next time. <laughs>